Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. In January of 2020, Bloomberg City Lab published an article about a new study from Pittsburgh researchers naming the best and worst cities for Black women. Among cities with at least 100,000 Black women, Cleveland came in dead last in terms of livability. In this city with a nearly 50% Black population, this news drops like a bomb. And reactions were mixed. Do you think Cleveland is really the worst for Black women? And what do you say? Uh, I say... It depends on the person uh, I ask. When I dropped it in one of my Black girl group chats, the emojis were just eye rolls. I'm not surprised. Not even a little. It's, it's heartbreaking and also embarrassing. Is it like this everywhere? Is it me? <laughs> like This city will make or break you. City of Black women that are looking around at their outcomes, their future, their past, and saying, this city makes me anxious. If anybody's out there listening in Cleveland, please get out. On Living for We, we talk to Cleveland's Black women from all walks of life, from the CEO of one of our major healthcare systems to self-starting entrepreneurs, judges, lawyers, doctors, artists, students, and mothers who've experienced loss. We share stories from these women as change makers and architects of their own futures, celebrating their victories, challenges, and personal growth along the way. So is it really true what they say? Is Cleveland deserving of the least livable title? And what can we do to make lasting improvements for Black women in our city? I'm Marlene Harris-Taylor, and this is Living for We, a project of connecting the dots between race and health from IdeaStream Public Media. Enlightened Solutions, Chi-Chi Kemra and Bethany Studenik are planning to make a public comment before Cleveland City Council about the perceived lack of urgency in appointing members to the city's promised commission on Black women and girls an initiative directly inspired by the 2020 study that ranked Cleveland the worst city in America for Black women and by Chi-Chi and Bethany's Project Noir research. When people think about moving to Cleveland, they hear that we are highly segregated and redlined, that Black women and babies are dying at an incredible rate, and that we are the worst city in America for Black women. The reality is simple. Cleveland will never move on. We will never thrive until we confront our culture of exclusion. Every Zoom meeting I am a part of, I am asked, what is taking so long? And who are the impediments? We encourage you to allocate financial investment to this work, along with moving it forward quickly. We're up against incredible odds. I believe in you. Do you believe in Black women? So here we are recording this podcast on March 22nd, 2023, nearly a year later. And the community is asking, hey, whatever happened to the Commission on Black Women and Girls? While red tape at City Hall is slowing down the progress of the Commission, there are real Black women and girls who are suffering in Cleveland. And as we continually discover on this season of Living for We, the best solutions for Black women tend to come from Black women. 
We're in Garfield Heights at an after-school program called Queen I Am, run by Damiana Willis. I value sisterhood. I value individuality. You may think you know who I am, but I know who I am. I am on the journey to discover who I am and who I want to be. Damiana created the program out of a need she witnessed while working in an educational setting, a need for a positive environment, specifically catered toward Black girls. I was working for an organization in a school that it was very few of us. And the girls that looked like me, the little girls would cling to me. So they would come and, oh, Miss Shana, Miss Shana. And the girls, they were struggling. I'm like, you don't really like who you are. Like you're struggling with your confidence and your self-esteem. You're trying to figure out who you are, not just as a young lady, but who you are in your environment. And it's only a few of y'all and it's only one of me. And so they would come up for lunch and the conversations will talk about some of the things that they felt was going on or some of the differences they felt. They noticed they didn't fit in. So it would come three girls to come up, and then it was 13. And next I know the whole six to eight black girls would come and be in my little QB, like, wow. in the school. So they were seeking you out because they didn't see anybody else yeah. in the school who looked like looked them. Looked like them, yeah. And they didn't feel, sounds like they didn't feel seen Mm-mm. in their school environment. I said, I want to make my own thing, like, and it can be academic, but I really want to focus on the idea of self-love and loving who you are, looking up how to make a logo, how to make a website. I made a flyer, and I did, like, a breaking news, like, a new program is in town, and I did it at the library nearby my house, and 45 girls showed up. So I kept booking the library room. Every other Saturday, I would come, bring pizza, bring supplies, and we'll set up shop. Now, like, getting contracts in schools where we do this program. And now I have a real curriculum <laughs> and it just moves so fast. And then we've been blessed with our space. Uh, we have an actual space girls come to. And you ask them like, well, why did you come to Queen I Am? This is my safe space. This helps me escape. Some girls say like my jungle. I feel I could be myself here. And those are all the things that I want them to be. They're learning how to sew. Um, we do Girl Scouts, yoga, cooking, hip-hop dance, STEM, financial literacy. So we focus on four core areas, college care readiness, financial literacy, the health and wellness, and service learning. You heard it? On the day we're visiting, the girls are having their weekly pizza party. <laughs> And we had some incredible conversations. Zamira, I'm 12 years old. And the younger sister, Zayana. How old are you? 10. The thing that's fun here is just to learn how to do new things and how to learn how to be a queen. And what, what does that mean, to be a queen? Be positive. Be nice and just pick up your crown where you don't feel good. When you don't got positive, like pick up your crown. So even if you don't have, if you're not feeling good that day, you pick it up anyway. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Are you, are you able to do that? Because I know it's hard. Mm -hmm. Do you think Cleveland is a good place for black girls? I don't actually. Um, I would say maybe, but like kind of not because it's different people that's like, you know, trying to kill people and stuff. Like, different people just act weird around white, black people and white people. Mm -hmm. So... Do you worry about that, about people getting killed and stuff like that? Do you worry about that? Mm-hmm, kind of. Why do you worry about it? 
because you never know if it happened to you or your family members. That's so true. Do you know anybody that's happened to? Mm. You do? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. One of my aunties and my papa. They got shot? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Sorry to hear that. So that can be scary. Mm-hmm. It makes you worry a little bit. Especially when you get older, because you never know why like, you can get pulled over by a cop and they just ask you to grab like your license or something, and they could just shoot you automatically. Even if it's like, it could be your skin color or not. But it could depend on like the way you carry yourself if you do grab it. So what could Cleveland do? Like when you guys grow up, what would you like to be here for you to make Cleveland a great place for you? I just want more like equality. You have to figure out what you want to study. Probably biology. Biology, that's good. Cause I, my first thing that I really wanted to be, like my dad was so focused on this one, I wanted to be a scientist. Like he got me like this, like, uh, it was like a skeleton, skeleton with so the heart, with the, the insides. Uh, insides and stuff. Nice. All of that stuff. I want to be a veterinarian when I grow up. Oh, That's nice. why I want to be in a vet. Yeah. You like animals? I love animals. You I, do? What do you have? Dog, cat? I got a dog, hamster, um, and a, a, a leopard gecko. <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, I run track. Are you fast? Yeah, I run. I run a medal, a trophy. And I also want to have a bracelet business. I do got a bracelet Ooh, business. Already? Uh, yeah, we made You're a little entrepreneur. So, we made uh, $100 this month. Yeah, probably this month. So do you guys think that one day when you grow up that you want to stay here in Cleveland or you think you might want to move somewhere else? I would want to stay in Cleveland. Probably would like get a vacation house over somewhere where I could just visit anytime just to go over because I have a lot of family in Cleveland. Girl, that's yes. my dream. <laughs> I'm trying to get a, fair, yeah, a yeah, vacation house in the Bahamas. Oh, so, yeah. You know, and then just come back <laughs> come every back now and then when, yeah. when the snow is gone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. maybe if my family don't move with me, I'm going to still come back and visit my family because I don't want to stay too long and then miss my family and get homesick. So I'm going to visit. Yeah. So what is it that you have learned through the affirmations or what is it you like about yourself? I love my hair. I actually used to hate my hair because it was so curly and thick until Lance grew up and taught me like, thick and curly hair is basically representing your culture and it's basically saying like, you should love this about yourself and stuff like that. She said thick and curly hair is actually the really good hair because it stays long and it grows very fast. And she was a lion, so. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fantastic. Okay, something that I like about myself is sometimes my body, because sometimes I think I was fat. Because not a lot of people, but different people, like, you know, in school and stuff, would say I'm fat, but... Now since I like grow, I think my body cute. And my my mom, my family told me that I was cute and look like my dad not because I'm chunky. <laughs> my name is Kylie and how you spell my name? K-Y-L-E-E. My name is Noella. My name is Phil N-O-E-L-L-A. I'm in second grade, but like, I read as a fifth grader, and I do, I'm doing multiplication and division as a second grader, so I'm smart. At my school, I get treated differently, and I'm, I'm like probably almost the only black girl there. We barely have black girls. 
We have more black boys, but we have more mixed and other type of skin people in our school. So it's barely black kids in our school. But you're the only black girl in the first grade? Yeah, so how does that make you feel? Different. So what do you think about Cleveland? Do you think Cleveland's a good city for black girls? Um, it's okay. It depends on what school you go to, what job you go to. Like, if you go to, like, a school with, like, a lot of black people and barely any white kids, then you might have, like, a easier time there. But if you go to a school like Kylie does, with, like, mostly white people, it's kind of hard. What about for you, personally? Um, I go to a black school, so it's not really hard for me. So I get treated the same. You get treated and I have same. a black teacher. I have a bunch of black friends. I go to a really black school. Mm-hmm. So how is Cleveland overall for you, personally? Um, it's fine, because I haven't really experienced a lot of life yet. I really wouldn't know, because I've, I've only been here like eight years, so. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm like a walking convenience store. I sell candy and snacks. I sell, I sell candy. I sell chips. Yeah, I sell, yeah, I sell that stuff. Okay. And I've been making a lot of money from it. But when I get older, I don't really want to do that. I kind of just want to, on my own modeling agency, I can make a lot of money for that. I can have, I can have like a really good life if I'm able to achieve that dream I have, so. So what do you think, Kylie? When I grow up, I want to be an artist. So I'm going to use crayons or I'm going to use oil pastels. Because I'm not really that good with paint. Paint is messy. Sometimes it's like really watery. But I might use paint in my future of painting. So when you guys grow up, what do you think could make Cleveland a better place for all of us, for black girls, black women? What do you think can make Cleveland even better for us? What I think will make Cleveland better for us is we can get the same equal pay as white people. I think it should just be a better place for black people, black women, black girls, just black people in period, black men, just black people. I think it should just be a better place for us. My favorite thing about myself is that I'm different because imagine everybody was the same. Nobody would do anything differently. We would just do the same move, same move every day. Everybody do the same move. My favorite is... Love, I love myself. Because if you don't love yourself, you can do some, seriously, like, really bad things to yourself. Like, you can commit suicide to yourself. You might not treat yourself right. It just might be hard if you don't love yourself. You might just have a hard life if you don't love yourself. So, so true. What about you, Kylie? What's your favorite my affirmation? My favorite one, I love my hair. Because your hair is natural. Yes. So if it goes, like, poofy, it's natural. That's beautiful. That you guys love your hair. Love yourselves. That's fantastic. So what do you think when you grow up? Do you think that you want to go to college? Yeah, I'm going to go to college because I'm going to live my best life. All right. I know that's right. Um, I don't know. I'm still thinking about it. I'm eight. I ain't even in middle school yet. Good point. People don't know, are not aware of how younger the lack of self-confidence and the lack of feeling like if they are enough is getting. It's no longer the big girls no more or the older girls. It's young people talking about. Yesterday, we had a self-love painting and the girls, I said, what is a way that you can show yourself you don't have self-love or you don't love to yourself? And a third grader said, deciding if I want to be here or not. And she's not talking about the space. She's talking about her life, like deciding if I'm worthy enough to keep living this life I'm living. And that's a third grader. I'm like, it ain't no longer the big girls. It's the little girls that are looking in the mirror. And I'm, I'm, my daughter's six years old. She's a little chunkier. And she says stuff like, well, if I was thinner or if I looked like her, I could do a cartwheel. 
And so that's why we branched. We started at eight. We took our programming down to six because the little girls are having conversations about their hair, their skin color, their body shape. Is that enough to make them who they are? And that so, is so scary. Yeah, it is. And like I said, the third grade can say that out the I know it's happening. And it's conversations around these challenges they see on social media. Social media, TikTok is telling them how to dress, how to walk, how to talk. This is the accepted look. This is the look that you're supposed to look like. I tell them, if you wear blue pants, when I was in high school, I tell, I tell them all the time, when I first went to my high school, I came from a predominantly white school, and I wore my colorful clothes and my loud clothes, and they would look at me like, she dressed too loud, like she's over the top, she's extra. <laughs> I was so worried about what they were going to say, even though that was my style. And I tell the girls all the time, I end up winning best dressing as a senior. I said, if you want to wear blue pants and red shoes, that's what you, and you got to have the confidence to rock them blue pants and them red shoes. And that's just with anything. If you want to do this and go down this path, you got to be strong enough and have the confidence to go down that path. And the girls that I had at the school I was at, they're in Bethune-Cookman, in college now. They're beautiful. I wanted to not just teach academic, but like tell my students, like, you could be that girl. <laughs> <laughs> So, Dr. Angela Neal Barnett, welcome back. Glad to be back, Marlene. So, we spoke to these little girls. They're so cute. And hearing about their hopes and their dreams for the future. Like, what did you pick up from listening to them? They do have a hope in the future. Uh, and through the program, they really see that. Uh, and that's what you want to hear from girls. We have to begin early pouring into their spirits, and the school system can wear them down. As parents, we send them to school, hoping that they get educated and built up. But there's more to education than just reading, writing, and arithmetic. If we're in predominantly white schools, how will whites view us and how that then impacts how we view our, ourselves? So she recognized that. She recognized we cannot wait because it's seeping into these girls' spirits. It's causing depression. It's causing anxiety. And I got a third grader who's trying to decide whether or not to end her life. And it broke my heart to hear one of the kids talk about when we asked, what do you think about Cleveland? What do you think about Black women in Cleveland? What do you think about Cleveland for you? For one of the kids to say, well, you know what? I worry about violence. Yes. And I've seen violence in, impact my family. My aunties, my, you know, uh, my siblings. I've, I, I, I've, I've seen this happen. And it changes things within the brain. So when people say, well, Black kids' brains look different than white kids' brains, it looks different because of the violence, because of all these adverse things that are going on, because of the racism. For parents who might be listening to this, what can they do to give their kids the affirmation? And I've lived long enough to know that some this is true. Hope never disappoints. And so the first step is to have hope 
and to give that hope to your child. Secondly, how you start your morning impacts the rest of your day. I know how hectic mornings can be, but if you can carve out five minutes of your morning just centering yourself and your child. So if it's just saying, okay, today, I'm starting the day by saying, today I am grateful for X, Y, Z. And just, go, you know, just each child saying it. And then you saying, today I am grateful for. That makes a huge difference. Breathing. So even just some simple breathing before everyone leaves the house. And you only need five minutes. So that's advice for the parents for, with children. What about advice for the grown-ups? We heard Chi-Chi and Bethany talk about they're continuing to advocate for the Black Women and Girls Commission in Cleveland, but it has stalled. And so how do we, as Black women, remain hopeful that this is really going to lead to some real change. We get a theme song. Just like we have a song for love, we need a theme song that allows us continue to advocate, continue to uplift one another as Black women and girls. Just like they did back in the 60s. That's right. They did back in the 60s. I ain't going to let nobody turn me around. I'm going to turn me around. And if you can't think of one, I'm going to give you mine. Okay. uh, So that you can can borrow. Everybody can borrow. Okay. And it's, I don't feel no ways tired. Oh, I love that one. Nobody told me that the road to seek this commission would be easy. But I don't believe that I've come this far to leave. To, you mentioned the 60s. Why did those people, they sang. They, they sang when they were in those jails. They sang when they were crossing those bridges. They sang when they faced the police and the dogs. Because... Singing gives hope. Singing calms fear. Singing lets you know that there's a better day around the corner. In Cleveland, we're going to face roadblock after roadblock after roadblock because it benefits someone to keep us as the worst city for Black women. And girls. That's right. Who benefits does not want to see change. Mm. But they're up against a city of hopeful Black women who understand what it is that we are doing impacts our generation, the next generation, and the next generation. And that's, I mean, that's our, that's, that's living for, that's why, why we are living for we. We are living to make a difference. And before we go, 
As always, we want to share some words from you. Here's one of our listeners who called into our hotline. I'm a positive person and you're around so much negativity. It's kind of hard to show positivity to people, especially in cases where you grew up and your best friend got shot at 12. Your dad went to jail at two and you grew up and your brother died when you were like seven. Like that's just your reality. It's really bad that we have to move out of the city because the city is not a bad city. It's just we have people that are stressed and it's like a dog-eat-dog city. You have to leave the city to even get a peace of mind. Like, I live around white people and like, I don't hear sirens every day. I don't hear gunshots every day. But when I was at home on the east, that was an everyday thing. It's sad because it's it's stressful. Like, we're fighting every day just to live because you don't know if you're gonna get caught in a drive-by. You don't know if you're gonna get caught in some form of gun violence. It's sad. If you're a Black woman in Cleveland and want to share your thoughts with us directly, our hotline is open. Leave a voicemail at 216-223-8312. That's 216-223-8312. And you may just hear yourself on the podcast. And don't forget... If you're a Cleveland resident and you want to help the Commission for Black Women and Girls get off the ground, we have the power. Contact your city leaders and let them know what you think by clicking the link in the show notes. Thanks for joining us. You can find more episodes of Living for We on ideastream.org slash livingforwe or wherever you get your podcasts. Living for We is part of the Connecting the Dots Between Race and Health initiative from IdeaStream Public Media, produced by Evergreen Podcasts and made possible by generous support from the Dr. Donald J. Goodman and Ruth Weber Goodman Philanthropic Fund of the Cleveland Foundation. The Living for We team includes myself, Marlene Harris-Taylor, host and executive producer, Hannah Ray Leach, our lead producer, and Hey Fran Hey as producer and creative director. Chichi and Kimra and Bethany Studenik of Enlightened Solutions are our researchers, data analysts, and community partners. We get production help from Stephanie Chekalinski. Original music, including our theme song, is by Cleveland artist Afee Scruggs. Our mix engineer is Sean Rule Hoffman. We'll see you soon.